We're back of the official catch-up podcast. It's me, Ben. Here as always, I was joined by Mr. Chris Powell. Chris, how are you doing? Yeah, good. Uh, just been busy lately. We didn't have a catch-up episode last week. That was my fault, by the way. I was uh, sleeping. I had a wee siesta or a nap on a Sunday. For whatever reason, I just felt tired. I slept there. So sorry about that, guys. But uh, I, as you say, we're back. Always love talking with yourself, Ben, about non-league football and the goings on and whatnot. Plenty, plenty to talk about, of course. Uh, we'll start with the Lowland League, as we always do. Um, there were full card of fixtures on Saturday, and we'll start with Berwick Rangers 2, Bonus United 2. I guess a point for, for Berwick. Still, still kind of up and down Berwick, I would say. Uh, at the moment, Bonus probably similar kind of team, uh, but a draw, goals, but probably was expected that. Probably better to edge that myself personally. It was a bit of a mad game, you know. Uh, Bonus were leading at a point, and then it was a, it was a, a bit of a mad ending to the game. I heard uh, penalty to Berwick, and uh, Lewis Baker puts it away. But Bonus four down to nine men, so they kind of held on because uh, Berwick also did get a, a disallowed goal at the towards the death as well. So Berwick will be gutted not to to be acting men Bonus side, but. Uh, Look, Bonnes are a good team. We've talked about how they started well. Two sort of decent sides. And I think they're both trying to get to that sort of level that I talked about, you know, that first to nine, the sort of top half of the league. Uh, Berwick, I think, are just outside now. So, um, yeah, tough game. Tough game. Um, I, there was a few mental sort of games uh, recently in the Lone League. Uh, I think the big talking point for, for Berwick is obviously Michael Michael Travis um, got his Scottish Cup red card uh, and appealed successfully, so he would have been a massive loss for them. Had had a, uh, you know he'd been missing for what three matches, so um, he was a big a big game there, obviously. Uh, but yeah, Berwick, bonus. Uh, there's not really much to talk about in terms of anything that's going on with them at the moment, but um, we'll keep an eye on it, Ben. No, absolutely. It's the teams both kind of in the middle of the table. They're not going to probably they're not going to win the league. They're not going to get relegated. They're kind of in the middle. They are toiling, and I think we talked about it a couple of times now about the whole thing about the Berwick and the cup runs and the fact they've kind of dropped, they've lost cup games and been knocked out and kind of made comments about they're focusing on the league. I don't really know what they've got left to do this season. Berwick, I feel like they're, they're almost like their season has has like run its course because as I say, you don't see them going down. Don't see them going up. Won in the league, so um, strange. Must be strange being a, a Berwick fan just now. Certainly, I would have to feel um, with that kind of situation. Next one, then uh, probably a surprising result. Uh, I would say for for me, given how uh, good East Kilbride have been, but Cali Braves two, East Kilbride two, dropped points for for EK Chris. Yeah, um, I would. I would have probably went to that game if there wasn't. You know, train strikes. Uh, I, I, we need to get to Alliance Park at some point, obviously. I think we're, you know, they're keen to have us over, which I'm appreciate, obviously, Chris Ewan, and uh, to meet the lads, eh, which we, we've talked up. We've been fairly positive about Cali Braves so far this season. Um, it's an excellent result for the Braves, obviously, 2-2. Uh, I think it was a last-minute penalty, and obviously Mark Kelly puts it away. We've talked about Mark um, numerous times. He's such a, a key player for, for Braves. Disappointing for EK. Um Considering they've not been, I wouldn't say they've been at their they've not been at their best the last few weeks. They've kind of grinded out results, and it's probably when you come up against a brave side that are showing that they're 
a fairly decent side this season. It's 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 tough when you're up against the sort of top sides. You have to be at your best. Um, but fair play to the Braves. Fairly deserved draw from what I've heard. Um, I think EK need to start taking more of their chances. They've they've got you know several goal scorers, uh, several good players in that team. But uh, they need to do a wee bit better. And defensively, obviously, we've not really talked to them. You know uh, a lot about defence because obviously it's usually Cami Elliott, Neil McLaughlin, these sort of players that we talk about. But you know I'm really happy for Donald. I put him in the the team of the month. He had a fantastic sort of loan spell. He stole in sure. He went to UK. Wasn't automatically you know thinking that he would be sort of straight into the first team at UK, but he's done really well and he's a really good young defender. So um, obviously he wouldn't like to concede two goals when he's in the team, but. Um, nah, uh, EK are a solid outfit and uh, just shows Braves, you know, drawn with them. Um, you know, I'll give them confidence, I think, going forward. And I, th- I think they're going to finish much higher than, than I, I would have thought at the start of the season for the Braves. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. I think for me, they, from what they did last season, um, you expect them to be the bottom half of the table, not really doing an awful lot. Didn't really think they'd strengthened the squad all that much. Didn't seem much in terms of uh, players coming in for for Cali Braves, but they started. They started obviously quite well. Probably slipped away a little bit in terms of they were obviously kind of falling up the table um, at the first kind of part of the season. But by no means disgraced themselves in the top ten. And to, the way EK are playing now, we, we've talked about them every week in this podcast. They're, they're excellent. They've been flying. We've always talked about East Coast and how they maybe struggled to start the season sometimes. Yeah. In the past, but they've, they've kind of managed to rectify that, and we obviously tipped them to, to win the league uh, at the start of the season. They're going to be right up there, so uh, difficult team to play against, no matter whether it's home and away. But yeah, fair play to Calibre, it's, it's a good point at home and something they can maybe build on. I know they've got EK in the, the Scottish Cup uh, in a couple of weeks' time, so we'll give them a bit of confidence that they can maybe go to K Park and, and maybe build on that result and get a result and get into the next round of the, the Scottish Cup. Another probably surprising result for me certainly is Cowden be five, East Stirlingshire nil. Um, again, our team Cowden Beath have talked about a lot in this podcast and how they are toiling, struggling, whatever um, proverbial phrase you want to put in there. But didn't expect to go and put five past Shire. I know Shire are not having the best of seasons, but uh, struggling to win games. But certainly didn't expect five from, from Cowden Beath. Yeah, uh, Shire were down to 10 men again. Uh, another sending off. I think that's the last sort of two or three games they've been playing with 10 men. And you can look at some teams uh, and say that they, they might get away with it against a sort of similar or, or weaker opponent. Um, we've talked about Shire. They do not have the depth to be losing anyone for suspension or injury. Um, it's, they're just, it's just an uphill hell struggle. Um, obviously, you've got guys like Sean Brown, who's a really great young player, but he's playing out of position. He's playing at left back. Heard sort of mixed reviews on him at left back. Um, but obviously, if they need him there, that's that's where he's playing. Uh, he's a good enough player that he could probably do, does have the adaptability to do that. But, you know, he's, I always think he's more effective higher up the field. Uh, Shire, they are toiling a wee bit, aren't they? Uh, it is really worrying because we talk about them um, kind of being the draw masters in the league, but the fact that they've not won yet um, is concerning and they've got good players they've got a good team that the sort of base um you look at that and they shouldn't they shouldn't be getting beat five now off Cowden beef uh, but 
you know, we're talking about the, the negatives of Shire there. That's a fantastic result for Caden Beef. I actually had a kind of mini thought that they've kind of pushed on a wee bit, but I think that is still their first one in like three or four or so in the league. So um, I wouldn't say Caden Beef are out of that the sort of worrying uh, stage at the moment, but um, yeah, fantastic result and it's certainly a, a confidence uh, one full of confidence, basically. Uh, just looking back, actually, they have won three of the last five in the league, Ken Beef. So I did feel like they had sort of improved. So um, I was trying to figure out where I got that from. But um, yeah, three, three wins in the last five for a team like Ken Beef is actually pretty decent. So it does seem like uh, Morris Ross has kind of picked them up a wee bit. And a result like that is fantastic. Ten men or not, um, five now at home, you can't, can't grumble at that, you know. Yeah, I think you've got to be a little bit concerned for, for Shire at this point, as you say. Lack of wins is, is very telling. I think we've always talked about, kind of, around the relegation, about how probably most teams are thankful that, that they'll be here or there and at the bottom. Uh, if you're, you're still unsure just now, you may be worried slightly because still a long way to go in the season. Uh, they'll be obviously sacked or parted ways with. Uh, Jordan Wilson during the week and uh, brought in a new manager and you just wonder then if, if, if they can pick up some results the new guy come in can he build get, can he get some signings in for example and, and, and change that team and, and give a team like Shire or the uh, Uni for example a run for their money and it would then put them in a kind of precarious position I think we talked about Cowden Beath as that team for a long time um, yep. but as you say picked up results kind of going in the right direction one of those teams is probably still not 100% sure about because there's still so much football still to be played within this, uh, within the league. And if they can, Cowboys can build on that result and go in and get maybe a couple of wins, especially at home as well. I think that'll be important for uh, Cowboys when the type of ground they've got. It's, it's probably a horrible place to go and play at. Um, teams will hate the, the whole the whole away trip. They are a bit like myself going to Lags and uh, on Saturday it's not a place you want to be going um, but certainly from, from Cowboys perspective and fair play them because we've been very very critical of them um, yep. in this podcast all season and um, I know that I've been called out for my um, lack of positivity across the across the board in, in recent weeks so um, certainly got to give, give Cowboys a lot of credit there uh, for getting that result but yeah but back on the Shire I don't know where they go with it just don't know what they can do. They're going to need to do something to bring some maybe players in and maybe build out that depth because they can't they can't be affording suspensions. You're going to get into a point where probably injuries and even yellow card suspensions are going to start to, to creep in as well. And it could be tough for for Shire for, for sure. So it's well known that they're you know they they don't have the the financial backing that they they used to and they are struggling a wee bit. I think in terms of someone like Dean Ritchie obviously got released. Um, from East Stirlingshire, I don't know if it was to talk to other teams, but he's signed for Cowden Beef, so that that's the kind of level that East Stirlingshire are at t- in terms of financially. They're they're not competing with the likes of maybe a Spartans or an EK for players now. They're they're co- uh, competing at that lower level against you know the likes of maybe um, you know Cowden Beef or a um, possibly even a Dalbeatie as well. So they're they're at a much lower budget uh, than they have been, and it's and it's hard to get players in it. You know if you're but players offered higher wages and, you know, look at, as I said about Sean Brown, he's playing out of position. I obviously, that's probably agreed on when he signs. So, 
Um, it, it's very tough for a team that's not got the finances to to compete. But again, it's not all about finances. The red cards need to need to stop. They're not. They're not. Um, the discipline's not been great, and you can't win games with with ten men uh, most weeks. Yeah, I think you're right about uh, Shire and getting the players on because there's another aspect of that probably competing with the likes of a lot of Glasgow-based West teams, maybe even further West teams. Some of these are Scotland teams we've got um, and the Premier, uh, so Scotland Premiership teams. So, is there a is there a point to go in the aim maybe a team like Shire because you might get a little bit more money at a top-end six-tier Premiership team who are maybe going for cups and going for leagues and things like that and I don't know that you would maybe want to go to a team like Shire if you see them at the bottom of the table especially just now the way they're playing and the way that they're struggling to get results so you, you want to go there and um, go through that kind of whole slog it may be, it may be quite tough but uh, I guess we'll just have to watch what happens with, with Dalby because I think that's the, going to be the important bit for me and um, of course, over the course of the season talking about Dalby then we'll just go straight on to their match um, from the weekend, they were playing Spartans and they lost uh, 6-0 um, away to, to Spartans, Chris. Eddie Warwick um, came in during the week, uh, seems to have like, a decent pedigree in coaching. Big fans of Williamson here on the podcast. and uh, Got to give him a bit of credit for the fact he did step up and um, take the job after doing so well as in Cuthbert's, but it's not worked out for him. It's, it's been in a... a Tough ass for anyone to go into that WWE job and try and build a completely new squad, uh, and looking back to, to Saturday, another another thumping off a of a Spartans. Yeah, um, you look at the WWE team. I mentioned it obviously when I said said my piece when Eddie became the manager, but most of the boys um, were stepping up, you know, uh, to that WWE. It was the same with Jordan. There was a, a couple of guys obviously that had been in the loan league before, but it's very very challenging. You know, most most players now, I feel, especially in the lone league, are either coming down or have had that SPFL experience where these boys didn't. And, um, you know, I think it's shown early doors. Would I have given them more time? Uh, you know, that's... I mean, personally, I, I don't think it was a shock, but I was kind of surprised that, you know, it was this early. I mean, we're only... Well, it was, would have been September, but um, in fairness, you know, Jordan's still a young coach. He'll, he'll go again at some point. Um, whole career ahead of him. Eddie Warwick, um, experienced coach, head of youth development um, at Gretna. He's been all over the world, I think, in China, and obviously he's been at like the Queen of the South as well. So he he'll have connections. Has he had any sort of proper manager experience at a senior team? I don't think so. So that could be a bit of a challenge. But I'm, you know, I I, I rate Eddie as a coach from from. Everything I heard. Um, can he turn it around for Dalby? You know, I'm not sure. I'm not sure at this stage. I hope so. Um, but I mean, you look at the other teams and think it's going to be really difficult. Uh, positive for Spartans, obviously. Uh, six goals at home, brilliant. Uh, Blair Henderson hat trick as well. So it's good to see him firing. Uh, we've not really talked about Spartans. Um, I've got a quite weird relationship with Spartans. Obviously, I've done a bit of media for them. I know their team quite well. Uh, my standards, of, especially if I know the, the, the team and have been involved in the team, I, I the, my standards are probably a wee bit higher for Spartans than than where they are at the moment. Uh, I think they should do be doing a wee bit better, and they know that. I mean, the players will know that. So, yeah, that's probably why I'm less positive about uh, speaking about Spartans. I should say because um, I, you know, I, I, I 
I would expect, you know, them to be doing better. Hence why I probably don't speak too positively about them recently. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's a great result. Scoring six in any game, I mean, you're going to be absolutely delighted about that in terms of, um, regardless of who it is, but I'm surprised are doing, again, our team doing, I think there's a lot of teams in the lower league that we, we could probably say are doing fine. I think like, mm-hmm. they're not, not setting the, the world alight in terms of going to be going for the title. I think we're probably seeing the teams that are going to challenge are probably looking at East Kilbride, Rangers B, Broomhill, or Open Goal Broomhill. Sorry, got to get the get the branding right there. But um, those three teams, I think, will say that uh, they'll be the, the teams challenging. And the teams we probably expected to challenge, given the, like, for example, Broomhill's investment this season, uh, we, we, we thought they were going to be up there. East Kilbride or East Kilbride, and we know they're always going to be, be challenging. Rangers be some of us said they were going to be good and they've got what three games in hand so uh, I think I've still got so plenty to offer and um, it's one of those that the rest of the teams in that probably from about what fifth down to probably about 16 maybe 15 16th in the league are just doing okay and not really going to be doing an awful lot like this year they probably want to be focusing on things like cup competitions I guess Spartans have I've done well to get through in the Scottish Cup uh, against against Clay Bang. We mentioned that the other week, and they've they'll have that to focus on. Certainly, and if I was them, that's something I'd be looking at. And the um, I can't remember the top of my head if they got in the next round, but certainly the cup competitions, the South Challenge Cup, the the Scottish Cup for for those for those teams of the team the, the competitions you probably want to be really focusing on because you're not going to do anything miraculous in the league I don't think personally and you're not going to get relegated so I think the Cups are going to be really important for these teams kind of going forward next one the incoming all Colts 1 University of Stirling 3 another great result for, for Uri um, sitting 4th in the table 7 wins now um, out of 12 Chris Geddeson his hat or no hat is absolutely flying just now yeah 4 wins on the bounce in the league James Stokes uh, Ben McIver Redwood and the team of the one well deserved to two uh, uni boys in the, the team. Obviously Colts Colts have been a wee bit unlucky recently, you know. Obviously they've had a few feats. Uh, East Cold Bride comes to mind where uh, East Cold Bride's goal from a corner. You know, I've heard mixed things whether it was a corner or not, so they can count themselves unlucky. They had another narrow defeat before Sterling Uni where it was kind of potentially a wee bit controversial. Um I thought it would have been a tougher game, but Chris, uh, I listened to Chris's interview this this morning when he when when it got uploaded, and apparently he was, you know, cursing and effing and know that type of coach to do that. So uh, just because Stalin Uni, you know, had a lot of chances, um, and they eventually got over the line, obviously. But uh, yeah, um, Stalin Uni have been really good at the moment. Um, it doesn't surprise probably me and you, Ben. It probably might surprise other people. Would I have thought they would have been that high in the table at this sort of stage? Probably not, in fairness, but they've got a good team. Um, for, it's, it's guys that, you know, we, we talk about them losing, you know, senior players like guys like Conor Doan and Robbie McGale, and then previously, obviously, guys like Blair Lyons, who are like their top players. But every season, the, the other lads step up, and they've already had that maybe a season or two in the 20s or... Uh, maybe a wee bit of low league experience from uh, previous seasons. So, Stalin Uni are just like conveyor belt, um, and they always seem to do well. And, and it looks like they always seem to do better, probably against expectations sometimes. Uh, so, I'm delighted for Chris. Obviously, it's a tough one for Colts to lose that. 
but I three I think three losses in a, a row is not great for them. But um, you know they're good enough to to bounce back uh, at Cumbernauld. Yeah, I think from Cumbernauld's perspective, the losses apart from obviously Saturday have always have always been close. I think they one nil to be and say one nil East Kilbride are both close games. Uh, one was the Scottish Cup, one was the, the league, obviously. But yeah, I think going on a on a University of Stirling. Uh, did we expect them to be to be a second table? Absolutely no. not. I mean, I'm not going to we obviously rave about the work that Chris Geddes does in this podcast quite often, and uh, they're probably that one of those teams I would put in that bracket of would normally be doing fine, um, but right up there, uh, they're obviously a little bit behind, not not too far behind them. What six points off top with um, a game in hand and. Uh, with two points behind uh, Rangers B and Open Goldbrum Hill, so I mean, they're not not miles miles away. Just hopefully that squad they've got, and obviously it, it depends what happens. I think the thing I always notice with uni is that the when the Bucks season starts, do they start to maybe drop off a little bit because they're maybe playing an awful lot more than they, they maybe would be used to playing, you know? So I don't know maybe if that's going to be a that will affect them down yeah. the stretch, you know, towards the kind of the end of the season, and that that would be concern me certainly. But as you say, they've got a squad and they've got they've got the twenties and um, as well. They've got obviously developing players that are coming through the the uni system. And you mentioned uh, James Stokes. I've got a good story about James Stokes. He's like a football manager legend for me. Um, I I had the the the, the database, the, the pyramid database that Moza um, does, and played obviously went to Quinn Rangers and. One of my first signings was um, was James Stokes uh, to play in the left wing, and I think he scored about thirty goals in my first season. Um, <laughs> and I just was like, "This guy is an absolute cheat code." But down in tier six, and and everything I played ever since, I'm always like, "Need get him, need get him." But he's always he always remember. I remember him well from from that one of that seasons that he played. He played left wing and just absolute scored for fun. So I always I always keep an eye out for his name in the. Um, and the and the goal scoring charts in, in the real world because obviously FM's not real world. Well, Chris, you would tell us it probably is because it's like no, no, not at all. I I will have to drop James Stokes' um, current ability due to what you just said there. Though <laughs> I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. But uh, <laughs> I he's, he's been playing James. James is a you know you were mentioned obviously on the left, but he he does play on the right as well, and I think that's where he's been his sort of main core uh, this season. So he's 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 kind of versatile as most of the Sterling Uni boys are. Um, just the way Chris is, he gets them to play in numerous positions, gives them a, a great opportunity to to go uh, when they leave the uni to to say I can play, you know, numerous positions and that could be helpful for them uh, future in their you know in in their future careers as footballers most uh, mostly. But no, nah, it's good. I, I like hearing them stories. Obviously, it's one of the reasons I've been busy. Obviously, with football manager, um, can't talk a lot about it now because I've signed an NDA on Friday, so. Yeah, I can't give any any stuff away, or um, I'll be kicked off the team. <laughs> the secrets of FM. We we'll look forward to FM coming out every year. We'll be we'll be keeping an eye on it for sure. Next game then, Edinburgh University one open goal at Broomhill four. Probably, I was going to say a result we probably expected. Did we? I would probably wouldn't expect open goal to win by four or by three, but. Um, Expected open goal to get the result for sure. Uh, aided by Uni and our team that's probably toiling and just kind of 
sitting there towards the bottom. They, they could be anything in terms of where they end up. They could be at the bottom. They could be mid-table. But uh, some of these other teams that just kind of sits there and does the same every season doesn't really doesn't really progress a lot. You find from Edinburgh Uni. But what's your thoughts, Chris? Broomhill, um I've always been a weird one for me because it always surprises me to see them that it's maybe because I saw them early doors where they were kind of still adapting. Uh, but I I don't I always feel like they're no as doing as well as they should be, if that makes sense. Like it's maybe I've got the, the thought that they're going to be running away with the league with a team they've got or whatever, eh? But um now they've done well recently. I tell you what, there's a few boys that have really um changed my opinion on them. Uh, what Jimmy Grant, James Grant at right back. Uh, played for the Colts last season, got his move to Stolen Albion. I wouldn't say I didn't rate the, the boy, but he wasn't certainly a, a massive standout for me. Um his, you know, he was in the team of the month, but he's he's doing great he, for a young for a young boy. When I when I kind of saw him sign for Broomhill, I thought he was maybe going to be a sort of backup player, but no, he's, he's pretty much first team every week doing astounding well-deserved team of the month um, and it's not just me there's a few other people that have noticed that he's, he's really coming on which is good to see and I like getting kind of proven wrong especially with young players um, obviously uh, Aidan McLaughlin was also in the team of the month um, he was um, a youth player development at Broomhill only sort of maybe two or three that stayed at the club and he's pretty much first team every week which is you know uh, I like to give these boys credit because we know how good the likes of uh, Brock Watson is, uh, Gary Fraser, obviously Kirk Broadfoot. We know the quality these players are, but um, aye, the younger boys are doing doing class. Obviously, I think Matty McDonald is... I'm feeling a wee bit happier about Broomhill. If they want to win the league, I think they could probably push now. Whereas before, I uh, kind of was like, oh... You know, it, it's positive at the moment, obviously, the attendances, uh, the results... They just have to keep it going, basically. Uh, but I, as I said, it's good to see the, the sort of younger lads do do well on a Broomhill side that's um, is actually really, really decent on paper. Yeah, I agree with you. I think we always like to see the guys that were there before us, uh, were there before that uh, doing well. The likes of Regan O'Sullivan, Aidan McLaughlin, Ryan Tierney, Evan Malley, the guys that the managed to to stick around because we, we, we probably knew at that point when, when Broomhill were coming in that that squad was getting ripped up and going to be something completely different and we didn't really know how, how that was, was going to play out and certainly the the guys that have stuck around are, are doing well I mean that's the thing about them those those guys are great and as you mentioned the guys that have been have come in but are guys that we knew of I mean certainly to a lesser extent maybe some of the kind of, the guys that maybe played for the likes of Brock and things like that. I didn't really know those guys, but very, very talented players from what I've seen. And in terms of Room Hill, I mean, you've got to, got to say the, the performances, what was that, seven, seven wins in, um, in the last eight? I think the last one they, they drew one uh, and won seven out of the last eight. It was that, I think the last team they lost was against Stirling Uni. Uh, they won, I think Stirling Uni won 4 0. They got absolutely thrashed that day. They seem to have totally bounced, uh, bounced back and kicked on from, from that result. And, yeah, I think they could challenge. Uh, still, for me, Rangers be the team to, to beat uh, in this in this league this season. But there's no no reason why Broomhill can't be up there. But obviously, we we know the kind of whole whole thing that comes with with Broomhill and the podcast and stuff like that. And 
and that's that's also part and parcel of it. But I always worried that that was going to take kind of centre stage and a lot of the in, in terms of the football in the Lowland League, and it seems to not be the case. Um, Sai's obviously got them playing. Sai Ferry's got them playing really well. He's, you listen to him you know, on most on most of the, the episodes, and he obviously has a way of wanting to play football every week, and that's obviously starting to be ingrained in his players, and it's what it's exactly what's happening for him. And he's don't doesn't have many players injured either. He's managed to have kind of a, a settled enough squad now. I think he seems to have the same kind of starting eleven most weeks, and still got a few guys out like Keelan Gibbons and all that are still missing, but. Uh, once you can get those kind of guys back, um, they'll be they'll, they'll, they'll bounce on even more. But yeah, in terms of um, their season, I think they'll they'll do well, and uh, certainly don't expect them to to fall away. And it'll be an interesting run for for sure. Next game then, Gal Fedinos three, Celtic B four. Um, Gal having another kind of poor season, I guess. Uh, Celtic B. Probably one of those teams, again, dropped into that fine bracket. I mean, that might be the podcast title this week, I'm not sure. But um, <laughs> they're not going to, Celtic B aren't going to be a team that's going to win the league for me. They're not going to get relegated. They're doing what they've got to do in terms of the, the whole kind of playing the B team and try to get those guys' games. And hopefully that works out well for, for them. But they're just a, a bit of a meh team for me. I don't, don't really want to talk too much about them. There's not much to really say for me. But um, Gala. Again, our team towards the bottom, probably looking on our shoulder ever so slightly, but a team that we we assume will be, be safe towards the end. Yeah, um, it's, it's been a difficult run for Gal, obviously. Uh, the results haven't been great early doors. I think we, we kind of put them in a, a similar bracket to Broomfield in terms of the way they want to play. Uh, Jimmy Scott's obviously a, kind of similar in terms of Cy Ferry, wants to get the ball you know, out from the back and, and push like that. And They've actually been unlucky not at least to get a, a point there because uh, Adam Brooks for Celtic B, um, a really good, decent young player, actually. I, I really like Adam. Um, I can't remember if he's been in any of the sort of team of the months, maybe last season, but he might have been in the team of the season, actually. Um, there was a few... few. You, you forget, obviously, too many names recently, Ben, obviously, but uh, he's he's went up and, and dug Celtic B the win there in the 89th minute. Um He's, he's, he's a name that comes up a fair bit, Adam Brooks. He's a fantastic footballer. But there's a lot of good footballers at Celtic B and Rangers B. I don't really have to, to say that. <laughs> but um, I think the difference, uh, we'll probably talk about it when we get to Rangers, but the, 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 the difference, I think, in the B teams is, I think, I probably the levels where players are, um, for example, you know, pro- we'll probably go straight into the Rangers B um you know, Hearts B game after this, but Zach Lovelace is just phenomenal. Um, and I don't think there's a lot of sort of B players at that level where he is in terms of his what what this, what might be obviously the journey as a as a footballer. He's he could probably be playing League Two, League One. Um, I, I rate him that highly. Yeah, I think you're right. I think we can move swiftly on to the um, Hearts B versus Rangers B. It was a three two one for. Rangers B, you mentioned Zach Lovelace there. Uh, Chris, absolutely 100% agree with that. I think he's probably the kind of guy, I actually thought he maybe would go out and loan. I think mm-hmm. the loan deadline was um, a couple of days ago for the League 1, League 2 teams uh, in the Championship. 
and kind of expect him to, to maybe move up because he had, had started the season so well for the B team. Uh, but he's obviously stuck around there, maybe looking at it like, well, maybe want to keep him there because there is a chance to, to win that league and, and, and give those players the, the opportunity to go on and um, taste success in a, in a very competitive league in, in terms of from what they were used to. Um, certainly a, playing the Lowland League is going to be a, it's a different kettle of fish for um, any player that's involved in kind of development football, if you like, within Scotland, playing against similar kind of um, youth development teams that will be always be the same. And naturally, I think if Rangers be, if your Rangers youth teams turn up on the day, then they're, they're going to be the best team in the park nine times out of ten. And uh, certainly the way it's looking in the, in the Lone League, that seems to be the case. And they seem to be transferring quite well. And they've got, yeah, you mentioned that they've got plenty of good players. Um, yeah. And it's just about getting that kind of team mentality to be able to maybe develop. But but let's let's be realistic about the, the B uh, the B teams. Let's not Celtic Rangers and even Hearts are not looking to bring in a full full squad of, of players into the first team. They're only going to be looking for maybe one or two um, gems within that squad to actually maybe move into the the first team at some point. Someone like. Um, Zach Lovelace or maybe like Kane Richie Horsler, for example, is look at Alex Lowry, the guy that's stepped up from, from the B teams into the first team in the past. Leon King, the boy Divine, I think there's a few looks at the Rangers um, first team as well. So they're only going to be looking for a couple of players to maybe step up and become squad players to begin with and then eventually kick on and maybe can become kind of first team players. But they're not going to be putting a whole squad through the... Um, through the system, they'll, they'll end up going playing for teams like of League One, League Two teams that maybe forging a career that way because they're maybe not going to make it as in the, in the SPFL Prem. But yeah, Rangers B are going to be a team that are going to absolutely be running um, East Coast by to the wire uh, come the end of the season. It'll be between them two an open goal for me for sure. Yeah, and uh, mentioned Kane Richie Hostler. I mean, he's just went on out on loan uh, to Dunfermline in League One. So I mean. These boys are skipping levels. They're that good, you know. That's probably their natural where they should be playing. But the, you know, it's not just B teams. We know there's quality players in the West, the East, and the Lone League that we know that could be playing higher up as well. But um, yeah, again, again, it was a last minute sort of goal from Zach Lovelace to to see off Hearts. Uh, Hearts, I think, in my opinion, there's probably about maybe two or three players that I think are really good potential wise. Um, but in all fairness to them, I think it shows with the results that they're not on the same level as Rangers and Celtic in terms of the, the actual overall quality. And it's no offence to Hearts, but yeah, I think people probably know that themselves. There's, there's probably a lot more um, you know, finances at Rangers and Celtic than there is at Hearts in fairness to them as well. Yeah, I think obviously Hearts have seen the opportunity to come into the, the Lone League uh, probably as an experiment to see where they're at and will, will, will they be there next year. Personally, I don't think so. Probably go back to playing the reserve leagues maybe next season, and don't imagine they'll be around because it probably wasn't the experience they maybe hope for. There are team that's down towards the bottom. Um, obviously, relegation doesn't affect them, so they won't be getting relegated. But they're going to be down towards that kind of bottom half or bottom quarter of the table uh, for the rest of the season, as far as I'm concerned, because I haven't seen anything from them so far. Um, nobody's talking about them in any great detail to say they're a, a decent side either so certainly don't expect much from Hearts and Rangers B look 
like the absolute package as far as I'm concerned. They're yep. great, great sides, great players. And I think, yeah, as I said, they'll, they'll absolutely take a run uh, in this league for sure. All right, last game we can just gloss over quite quickly. It's <laughs> getting a two, uh, Trinidad Juniors one. Good one for Gretna. Uh, well done, and, and we'll move on to the rest of Scotland Day. <laughs> no, obviously, uh, Jonathan's been waiting for this all week, hasn't he? I mean, four Absolutely. on the bounce. Uh, Michael McIndoe's obviously the new manager. Um, I think we might have mentioned in the previous podcast, but it's all happened so fast, and that's the the nature of football, isn't it? Like you could two weeks, three weeks, a month, you can turn your whole season around if you start picking up results. Uh, they've obviously brought in the likes of Lewis Turner, uh, Ali Adams, a very experienced goalkeeper. Who, um, I mentioned Kelby Mason before the game um, yesterday, who's obviously the training keeper, because I think he's a fantastic young keeper. I think he came from Hearts Youth, if I remember correctly, but he looks like, a, in my opinion, one of the best keepers in the league. Uh, in the league. Uh, Shire fans listening, and if they are still listening, obviously, we've not been really positive about them uh, t- this week, but, you know, they'll say Ross Connolly. Um, and I, I, I agree at that that moment, but Kelby Mason, I think, is, is close to it. But Trenent, uh, we know, you know, they're, they're going through a wee bit of a transition themselves with the new manager, Colin Nish. Um, I just think Michael McIndoe, uh, it just seems right at Gretna. He, he knows his stuff, and it, it was literally... A, Two goals in two minutes, uh, beat Trinent on the day, Callum Helm and Liam Short, I think. Um, a bit of a strange game. You know, Trinent obviously said it was against the runner play. I don't know too much about that. Um, Nicky Reitus came on loan, obviously, from uh, FC Edinburgh. I fucking hate saying that all the time, but um, <laughs> he's uh, he's not been playing. He's kind of, I think, just adapting to the way Trinent uh, he's came off the bench, I think, and he's, he's had an absolute peach. Um, obviously, everyone knows our rate, Nicky. Uh, it looked like Trinent could get back into the game, but Gretna, I've seen it out. Four wins in a row in the league, probably about a month ago, we wouldn't have thought that, Ben. Uh, and they've, they've had some banging results. To being a team like Trinent, I think it's probably the, the cherry on top for me. And I, I think they'll be up there. Um, they're living up to my expectations of them um, at, from where I thought they would be with the team that they have. Um at the start of the season, because I, I didn't think I, I thought they'd probably still be a wee bit lower down, but probably more mid table than than uh, what they had been in previous years. But obviously, I'm delighted for Jonathan. He's listened to this podcast, I think, the whole four years, and we've never been overly positive about Gretna, uh, mainly down to results. So it's a bit of a, a purple patch at the moment for them, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, obviously, from the the, the start of the season, we make predictions about uh, teams, and I was obviously very very critical about Gretna, but. I'll be honest, I think from the, the form that they were in from the start of the season up until the beginning of September, those comments will be justified because I think it's a very, very <laughs> poor start. Um, and, and, and I think it's what I expected from Guinness. I wasn't, wasn't surprised. Am I surprised they went four in a bounce? Absolutely. Uh, but the change of manager obviously will make a difference. And as that kind of starts to build and, and get on, then hopefully they can kick on because it's great to see them. But, uh, didn't want to get him to be bad. It's not like I was. Yeah. I was saying that because I want him to be poor or um, I want him to get relegated. It's not some kind of the case. And it was a, a case of I, I didn't expect him from what I seen last season to to do to do well in the league, given where the league was at. And yeah, they've obviously they've obviously played against teams Edinburgh Uni, Dalby, Gala, um, who are having poor seasons themselves. So probably. A good run of games to get to give yourself that bit of confidence to go and 
take on a team like Trent, who would be a harder match in, in theory. Um, for me, it didn't see much of Trent last couple of weeks back to say that uh, that good aside, personally. Um, you mentioned the transition there, obviously the, the new manager coming is going to have to take a bit of time to, to adjust and, and, and get on with things, but again, Trent, another team that will be in the middle of the pack and, and do alright, not going to get relegated and um, certainly not going to do anything um, exciting for me over the, over the course of the season, but yeah, I mean, absolutely I'll um, eat my words at the moment for, for Gretna and um, acknowledge how well we're doing um, at the moment. Just to comment on something before the game, obviously I, I mentioned uh, Kelby Mason, I tweeted saying about him being a really good keeper. The Gretna keeper, Ali Adams, liked it. Uh, he retweeted it this morning, kind of like, oh, well, we've probably, you know, we've got a few past or a couple past uh, the best keeper in the league or whatever. <laughs> I think that's what it was. I don't know if Ali knows Kelby. Uh, but it seemed like, all right, okay, you think he's the best keeper? We've just, you know, that to me it was a wee bit of a competitive thing, or maybe, maybe a lot of fire um, under Ali there. I think I don't know. Um. Ah, these Grenna folks seem to like to keep the receipts, don't they? Like to make yeah, sure that you don't forget. Um, I was joking with them the other night that probably the new manager had this podcast played in the background in there. Um, <laughs> oh, I in saw the, that. Aye. In the dressing room, you know, like, have you? Some of the shots were fired to say that oh, I'm not famous enough, but I mean, maybe they did. Who knows what happens in the dressing room? Stays in the dressing room, and if somebody's saying negative, some negative things about you week in, week out, then it maybe is the kind of feel you need to go and say, Well, we need to shut these people up and get on with things. Because let's face it, there's probably not many people talking about Gretna in general, there's not many people that talk about the Lowland League um, than ourselves, you know. So, there's, no, there's not a, a, a barrage of podcasts or journalists out there making a lot of comment about about teams like Gretna, so um, maybe maybe they were, who knows, but I mean, any team's absolutely welcome to do that if you want. If you we said it earlier, we said it earlier, Ben, like, uh, certainly I did, I mean, we lo- I love getting proved wrong, it's not about being right or wrong for me or, or you, Ben, you know, it's like, um, if, if people, I, I don't, you know, I, I don't know if that happens, um, I, I have had a few occasions where people are like, oh, you've said this, blah, 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 you know, we've we went out and done this, but yeah. Um, if people want to use us as motivation, good for them. I'm happy for that. You know, yeah, um, absolutely. I'm not doubt about it. It's the place to, uh, the place to do it because we, we definitely have our have our opinions, whether it's good or bad. And yeah, come and come and have a go if you think you're hard enough in it. It's the same. <laughs> think you're um, smart. Think you're smart, right? So. <laughs> Did but, you yeah. say that? <laughs> <laughs> Moving on then to the east of Scotland. Um, Primary division, there was a full card of fixtures and a few games. Um, we'll talk about uh, probably quite briefly, but Crossgates winning 4 1 against Lothian Thistle, Hutchinson Vale, Chris. Again, probably not a surprise. I keep saying they've had a, they had a really good season last season. Um, Lothian, I think, are struggling. They've lost a, a, a few players defensively. I don't think they've got the numbers. Uh, Lothian, yeah, I think they're going to struggle this season. They, they still have a a decent core of players. I think they're just missing a few defensive pieces in that in that team. They had a couple of experienced heads either retire or kind of take a break from football. Um, so they're struggling for me defensively and it, that's probably why we're seeing sort of heavy heavy losses. They have the backup of the, the younger players, but um, it's, it's tough to sort of throw younger guys into this level and expect them to be 
off a standard right away, you know, unless they're, they're obviously gems, eh? But yeah, uh, not surprising. Uh, Crossgate's decent team. Lovian, again, I think struggling at the moment. Next game, Plymouth uh, Rose 5, Dundonald Bluebell uh, 1. A convincing win for, for, for Rose, the other team that I think we tipped at the start of the season to do well, and I think they will. Uh, well, expected a bit closer, Lucas. Yeah, Dundonald, I don't want to say they're struggling. Um, I think I commented on them uh, on the last podcast where, uh, yeah, we're, can we still use words like transition when we're now in October? I mean, you would think 10 games in or, you know, I, I really don't know how to, to judge Dundonald at the moment. Um, I think it's tough, obviously, we've mentioned, um, you know, guys coming into management for the first time. Uh, I know Stephen Husband from Kelty, really good guy. I think he will be a, a decent uh, manager, but yeah, it's not great at the moment for the team that they have. But they're coming up against Alan Lithgow, Rose side that um, you know I basically said they're my favourites um, over anyone. You know, I think it was that clear for me where I, I generally look at that team and think it's the, the the best team in the East of Scotland. They should be running away with the league. Results like that kind of just sort of prove prove the point to me. Yeah, I think absolutely. I think. The team that we expect to be in that playoff at the end of the season, but uh, a team that will probably run them close is Pennycook. Uh, they drew three each between Field Swift dropping points. And in terms of that kind of, I guess, title race, if you like. Yeah, Genefield are another one that, uh, if you look at East of Scotland, I think there's probably about three teams there. Lundlifgo, again, probably head, head above uh, the likes of Pennycook and Genefield, but they would probably be my, my, my top three, uh, with all due respect to the likes of Broxburn. Uh, Dundonald and uh, and other teams, but yeah, Genefield are always up there. Penny Cook are always up there. They were missing Andy Forbes. I made a, a bit of a comment before the when I saw the lineup. I was like, "Where's Andy Forbes?" I don't know if he was suspended or what the what the case was, but he's certainly been one of their, their key guys um, getting in amongst the goals. So they've missed it, missed them. Uh, I don't know. How, I'm not sure how that's that's worked out. Obviously, being a centre back, how he's how he's get, uh, running up the field and. And scoring worldies and all that sort of stuff, but um, I, I'm, I'm sure they missed them uh, yesterday against Genefield. But Genefield um, spoke to Scott Cummins recently, actually, who's a goalkeeping coach slash sort of secretary, and a million things Scott does um, just to sort of check in with their squad and whatnot. But Genefield again, so as a build of local lads, um, all mainly from Perth. Um, you know, it's a well-run club, and uh, you. That sort of close knit sort of community club, you you always expect them to 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 do well, um, regardless of of quality. And but you know, uh, Genefield have the quality to back up as well, and that's why you always see them kind of high up the table and uh, and challenging as well. Okay, moving on then to the West of Scotland Premier Division. Uh, we'll start with let's go for Darvel five Trun nil. Darvel being Darvel, I guess, in, in, in that respect, and absolutely scoring for fun just now. Uh, it, it doesn't matter what game they're playing in, they're just absolutely firing, raining goals. Doesn't matter who's playing, goals every, every week. Every time we mention Darvel, like, I swear to God, the impressions on Twitter go up, go through the roof, and that's why that's why we talk about them. That's <laughs> all. It's like, oh, we'll, we'll get a wee mention of Darvel there, eh? but no, I am. Um, Obviously, when they signed Jamie Glasgow, I kind of put out a, a tweet, basically, oh, man, the, the depth of that squad is ridiculous. Um, I'm almost at the point where kind of 
sick of talking about it really because everyone knows it's good. We're just sort of pointing out the obvious, you know. Uh, they made another signing as well recently, uh, so I think their squad's up to what, what twenty twenty one, and it's and it's players that could be playing first team. At most, I would say, the majority of the the West of Scotland Prem teams. Uh, ridiculous. It's always good to see, obviously, Thomas Riley do well, a guy I know from Kelty. Um, but I, it's ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous that that team. And it, you know, it's not surprise. It wouldn't surprise me if they went out and you know won by these. Uh, margins, you know, for the rest of the season. Yeah, they're, they're absolutely great side. The depth is is absolutely ridiculous in terms of what squad they have. Uh, it, it's starting to to look at the the games that they've got kind of coming up, and you say what they'll probably do is you say do that every week, and I don't don't not you know I don't expect them not to score goals, and they're keeping clean sheets as well at the back. They've got that depth. They've got guys like David Saint coming back from injury as well at some point soon, which will only just strengthen that back that back line. And yeah, I mean a great side. But I'm wondering, Chris, will you be applying for the the 25 grand a year general manager's job at Darvel? <laughs> I wish. I wish. I, I did. You know, it's funny. I did have a look at it, like just the, the Twitter post. Um, no. Um, I'm kind of retired from the sort of media end of it, really, apart from the catch-up. Um, and that would be great to get involved, but I think I'd probably have to, to organise travel a wee bit better uh, to be involved in football again. Because it was easy at Kelly, it was easy at Spartans. Obviously, Spartans was just a trainer, a bus ride away. But um, I'd love to be involved, to be honest. Uh, but I'd, I'd probably want to do it more on the, the scouting and analysis side than, than media stuff now. And... General manager, I've seen general managers do the do the job at clubs. I think that would be too much stress for myself. Like uh, um, out with football, I think yeah, you know commercial and all this sort of stuff. Oh, it's not my my expertise. I probably could do. It. I probably I'm confident in, my, uh, in myself that I probably could do a decent job. But um, yeah, I'm pro- there's there's parts of the that sort of side that I probably wouldn't be interested in. I'd probably be more interested in the the football side is uh, why we have a football podcast, you know, and not a, I don't know, commercial and marketing podcast and all that sort of stuff, you know. <laughs> 25 grand a year job for a, um, a full It's not bad, is it? It's pretty full, decent. Full-time post at um, a tier six football club in the <laughs> west of Scotland. Tell me you haven't got loads of money without telling me you've got loads of money, right? That's all I've got to say in a matter, but uh, fair play to that. I you can do it and fair play, fair play to GMs because that is a, Tough, tough gig, like absolutely. But the rest of it in this world, just do it for free and do it for the love of the game. But someday down there, they're getting 25 bags to do that for um, a job. So, fair play to Darwin, man. They can do what they want. I'm, uh, I'm not jealous, this <laughs> <laughs> Um Next game, then, put us a quite a good result for Athelie. It's a 1 0 win away to Hurlford United. Athelie, a team that probably expected to be at the bottom, and I think, well. Probably still will be there or thereabouts, but been able to get results like that off off teams like Hurlford, and uh, especially the way Hurlford started the season, they've done quite well. And Atherley picking up three points away from home is is absolutely um, absolutely great for them, and, and will we'll, I potentially just keep them out of, of that relegation towards the end of the season because it's going to be fine margins, I think, for the, the three spots. Um, for the relegation within the Premier Division and that's the kind of result there that come the end of the season may just be the, all the difference Yeah, shout out to the the 
the person that um, does the social media for Arfley because he gave me all the, the player stats from last season. So they will be filled in, uh, similar to, to teams that did do that. Uh, not a dig, I'm just saying. <laughs> you know, if I don't have the information, I can't I can't input it, obviously. But yeah, that's a fantastic result for Arfley, uh, considering the, the, the three teams that got promoted uh, into the Prem, we probably looked at them and thought they're all three might potentially go and be going straight back down, and uh, that's how good the Prem is. But um, I, to be honest, I, I wouldn't say I've got a so- soft spot for Arfley. Obviously, my soft spot's for Largs, who I'm, I assume you know we'll be talking about soon. But um, now nah, they, they seem like a really good, well-run club, and there's a lot of information available, um, which I also like from a sort of outside point of view. I know about the players, know about the the stats, and how well they're doing. Uh, these are the teams that need to be at the sort of top levels, in my opinion, because there's plenty of teams that are stuck in, you know, tier six, seven, eight, um, and they do a fantastic job on all fronts. And you're thinking that I want them higher up the leagues. I want them because, yeah, it's all there for you, basically. So I'm very surprised that they're getting that result given the the start that Hurlford yeah. have had in the season and Hurlford's uh, in the top four. And, the one thing that stands out to me right now in, in the the Prem is that the top spots in the Premier League are going to be hard to get into this year. I think the way it's the way the teams have started, uh, there's probably anybody from about top to probably what maybe eighth or ninth that could actually win the league, and then you've got Auchinleck are sitting kind of mid table with games in hand who can who could rock it right up the league as well. We know Auchinleck are like, but. Um, it's going to be tough for, for the teams at the top, and um, certainly the teams at the bottom are going to are also going to be struggling. I think that, that for me, there's probably about five teams there that I think that that genuinely could get relegated um, mm-hmm. at the moment. I think the the three teams we mentioned um, from promotion teams plus like Meadow, depending on what they do, and obviously they brought in a new manager now and. Uh, from what I've seen yesterday, Lars will obviously come on to that, but don't see an awful lot from Lars to say that they're going to um, not be in that in that relegation fight. Certainly. All right, moving on then to the next game we'll cover in the West Premier the Scotland Premier League. Uh, Kirkintal Rob Roy one, Cumlock two. Uh, seems like it was a quite a, a close affair. Um, at Cumbernauld, all guys meadow. Rob Roy, a team that have started. Brilliantly, as far as I'm concerned, uh, we've only lost two in the last six, and a team that you absolutely wouldn't have expected to be anywhere near the the top five, six uh, in the division this season, given how how strong the division is at the top end. But they're going well, doing doing the job, and uh, certainly I've talked about coming up plenty in this podcast to say they're yep. a good side, and obviously ground through the win, and it was I think a close game by all accounts, and. Uh, managed to get the result and, and stick um, almost can keep pace with uh, with Darvo at the top of the league given the, their current uh, performances. It was a good result. Um, again, we've talked uh, a fair bit about Comnick as you've mentioned. Um, are they still on the last bent? One thing I never actually asked at Easter Scotland uh, Scotland uh, when we were going through it, obviously, Socky, have they made the list from their uh, comments on Twitter? Andy, call me on Twitter at the moment is absolutely getting um, <laughs> getting on the list. So, uh, yeah, Socky on the list for just now, for sure. Um, come on. Um, come <laughs> That's up, why you never got a mention earlier, I think, we're usually... <laughs> come on, um, I come on. Uh, 
Only the Cumnock social media guy though is on the list. I don't think there's anybody else in Cumnock. I actually like Cumnock as a team. Uh, but um, the social but, media boy was actually really great with me. So um, yeah, so it's it's half and half. Enough, We're at his first name down. I, I, I will never, um, I will never not get upset with people calling the Scottish Cup the, the big Scottish Cup or the senior Scottish Cup. So I will always call that till I've finished. I'm finished in football, so uh, that will that will always uh, be part of me. So I, I mean, I said plenty about Cumnock in the past, as I said, and um, they're a good side in you and and Brian McGinty came into that job that that he would get them out of that relegation spots that they were in back in. Um, when we had the seven teams getting relegated, and he absolutely done that. He's built on the squad. He's got, I mean, he's got the boy Jordan Moore, who's for yep. me one of the best forwards in the league just now. Um, he's he's a great player. We've mentioned guys like Jamie Barclay and Goal, uh, who I know quite well from my time at Coke or for his time at Cowan, rather. Guys like Jamie Wilson in the middle of the park, who are just absolute stalwarts within this level of football, and, and great to have on your side. Um, Kyle McCausland at the back, he's a great centre half. Again, any team would love to have on your in your side. And yeah, Cumnock are Cumnock are going to be up there. But like I said earlier on, it's going to be absolutely tough. And, and who knows what will happen within this league this season? Um, there's there's plenty of teams that are going to be in amongst it. Um, certainly in the, in the first half of the year, oh, we've only played like six games because of the cup games and all that. And I don't think we've many teams play another cup game before. In our league game, maybe until um, probably next Saturday, then the following few weeks are cup games, and then it's a league game, it's a few cup games, and then it's a league game, and it seems to be quite choppy change in terms of the actual league matches. So it might, might help some teams in terms of rhythm and things like that. That if you maybe drop your games in the cup, then you might end up doing all right in the league, and that'll help your league form. But um, yeah, I mean, fair play, as I said, coming up with. Um, I've done well. Another game that um, we'll, we'll cover off is Pollock uh, won, Auchinleck Talbot won. Now, both both teams are, are great sides. We've, we've said this all along. Uh, Pollock will be delighted to get that result because I mean, a draw is, is probably a good result against Auchinleck, let's be honest. Like, Auchinleck are a, are a great great side in this, in this league. Um, let's make no bones about it. And they can always be by far one of the best teams on their day. But I think the thing we're seeing from Auckland Lake for me now is that I'm not going to say the end of Auckland Lake, but like they're on that decline as far as I'm concerned. I think they're on the on the not the way down. They're not going to get relegated, for example. They're going to be good enough to do well. They're going to have cut runs this season, absolutely no doubt about that. But I'm just wondering if that squad that they've got is getting a bit stale and perhaps they're going to struggle a little bit more. The teams that maybe were Below them in the previous seasons, have improved immensely. I think across the across the board, uh, if you look at the likes of Paulo, Carrollford, uh, Beath, ourselves at uh, Cowan Rangers, we've all we've all improved our sides in the last uh, in the close season, and I haven't seen that from Auckland Leg. You mentioned Jamie Glasgow moving to Darvel. That's a that's a massive loss as far as I'm concerned from a, a, a team. And I know Jamie put in a transfer request to move and. Uh, I don't know the ins and outs exactly of what happened there, but I don't know if it was to do with game time or, or what. But certainly losing a guy like him at Auckland Lake, I would assume will we'll strengthen. I think they got probably a, a decent fee. Rumours suggest maybe um, a decent fee was paid for um, for Jamie Glasgow, so they they want to strengthen, no doubt about it. But 
where, where do they go to strengthen their, their side? I don't imagine there'll be many teams that are in that league that want to um, sell any of their best players, for example, to go to Auckland Lake. So I don't know what Auckland Lake do to get to get guys in. It's a weird, weird thing. We've we've talked a, a wee bit about obviously the plans with Tommy Sloan, uh, a legendary manager. Uh, whatever happens at the end of this season or whatever, he's a at this level, he's probably won more trophies than you know than than anyone I think in the modern sort of. I can't think of any other manager that's won as many trophies as him at this sort of level. Sort of comparing it with maybe like a Alex Ferguson leaving Man United sort of thing. Um, you know, Man United are not the they don't have the draw certainly that they they did. Would would that happen if Tommy left Auckland? Like obviously. If you're top of the league and winning games and the mentality is good, players want to come to your club. They want to be successful. They want to win trophies. Auckland Lake maybe starting to fade. As you say, they're mid-table. Um, would Again, it's maybe a question like what players... I'm not saying for a minute, obviously, players would not want to come to Auckland Lake anyway, but certainly it's a lot easier uh, to swallow if they are going for a league title, are going for a you know, uh, junior cup or whatever it'll be, eh? but um, it's I can like it a really hard one for me to judge at the moment. Um, I mean, I would love to see sort of Tommy stay on for another few years, still being successful, but um, you know, we all get older, and what he's been that Auckland like what what as a manager, I think more than twenty years or something yeah, like that. Yeah, crazy, crazy. So maybe it is maybe it is time to sort of move on, and obviously you mentioned Jamie Glasgow as well, the the transfer. Um, when you see a player like Jamie, who's obviously a, you know, uh, an Auckland like icon in his own right as a player, uh, wanting to leave that club, you do sort of start questioning it, like well, maybe you know, um, why is that sort of thing? If he, you know, if he's been there for so many years, um, I don't know. There, there's certain things kind of behind the scenes at Auckland like that I don't we don't know anything about, but it does seem like it's a. Almost uh, the last days of Roman, or, or whatever you would. You know. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. <laughs> Probably a better phrase for that, but you know what I mean. Um, uh, it does seem like they're they're going to be not the same Auckland like. But one thing that always goes for them, um, in my opinion, and we've, we've had it for what you know two decades. You cannot count them out, uh, and we're not at the the point where we're counting them out in terms of anything really because they have that winner's mentality they somehow when you don't expect them to they you, they see it through um and i'm certainly not dumb enough to um to count out someone like tommy sloan at the moment as well so uh yeah uh, interesting i think it's going to be an interesting one for them yeah i think from from my perspective is that yeah they've obviously not maybe strengthened the squad i mentioned that earlier they haven't strengthened the squad as well as other teams have and the other teams are maybe just Closing the gap now, talking like you've also mm-hmm. got Darvo who have managed to do that last season by winning the league uh, for the first time off of of Auckland Lake. And, uh, yeah, when you talk about you know when players want to go, if your choice, for example, is to go to Darvo or mm-hmm. go to Polk, say you're a Glasgow-based player, and you if you want to go to to play in the in tier six of Scottish football, then. Do you want to drive the, the 45 minutes an hour journey, whatever it is, talking like uh, three times a week? Maybe not. I mean, you've got the option there to maybe go to Pollock. If you're a, certainly for a Glasgow player, you're going to train in Glasgow. Your, your home games are in Glasgow. It's going to be fairly straightforward for you. If you're in Ayrshire, then you can go to a, um, a co-winning Rangers or an Orphan Meadow or something like that and, 
it'd probably be be equally challenged and um but but we not obviously won as many trophies as you would at Orkin Lake, but in terms of wages and things like that and how you, how players are looked after it is potentially going to be quite similar. So is that is the is the draw previously been like you say that the chance to win the trophies and, and go on winning runs and playing a and a good squad, maybe you're seeing that coming from our teams that they maybe just decide that that can go or you can maybe go and play for a a tier, a tier five team. I mean, you could go maybe if they're good enough, you go and play for an East Kilbride, or, um, a Broomhill, or uh, Cali Braves, whoever it is, to um, and play at a higher level. Because I mean, players always want to probably test themselves at a, um, is as high a level as possible. And as much as we, we can talk about the pyramid and we may think that the lower leagues maybe not as um, as bad as a true reflection of the Scottish pyramid as. as as we think it is, but certainly if you're a player, you might go with that, well, I can go and play at one of those teams and, and save myself the hassle of travelling uh, down. And It's probably the same for Cumnock, because they're obviously they're in a similar kind of place in Glenafton in terms of where the, all those teams are. Is that you, it'll be a wee bit harder to attract the players, but certainly uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Walking like I don't have any doubts, so they're all, they're all strengthening their squad uh, over the next kind of couple of weeks with uh, guys maybe coming in, I don't know, maybe on loan or Maybe picking up some guys from the kind of bottom ends of the um, the, the the league, for example. Maybe we'll try to find the next, uh, well, the next Craig McCracken or the next Jamie Glasgow, rather than trying to bring in somebody ready-made, talented, and, and good to go. Maybe that's the way that the Auckland will go, and they'll develop these guys into good players. And but it'll be interesting certainly to see how it, how it develops. But I absolutely don't count Auckland like how that that's for sure. Next one then we'll go on to is Pierce Hill 1, Clydebank 4. Two wins and a bounce for Clydebank. It looks like they've um, turned a corner certainly from from what we're, uh, we're seeing because they were certainly toiling as far as I was concerned. And it, and it was almost kind of horrible to watch. I've got a lot of time for Clydebank. I've mentioned this many times before. While that's and the, the people that run the club are uh, God them off of the manager. I've got a lot of time for those those people and it was kind of hard to watch that kind of happen. It must have been pretty brutal for um, those involved but two wins and a bounce hope that looks like they've turned the corner and certainly um, be looking forward to playing them in a few weeks yeah I, I would probably expect um, even an out of form Clyde Bank to, to beat PSL to be honest their, their team's still good they obviously brought the um, a, a goalkeeper in from Clyde uh, on loan one thing I would probably um, say though did you see the, the graphic they put out it was Moff and he was obviously odd Dolled up or saying he had his, he had. <laughs> I looked at it and thought that's that's fantastic. You don't usually see a, you know, the graphic with a with a manager, uh, you know, dressed up in that like that. It's usually a player or whatever, eh? but I thought that was a bit different. Yeah, shout out to David Brock, a good pal of mine, um, yeah. who's the media officer up at uh, at Clyde Bank. He's done some good work in terms of the gifts and team lines and things like that. And yeah, I think that photo was taken on the. Um, Scottish Cup maybe weekend oh, right. <laughs> and he suited up for Scottish Cup and it looks like it's been the the, the um, it's been the graphic that have used certainly for the last few weeks but I'll not mention the story as to why it's only from the waist up but that's not for me to discuss but um, there's, there's a story there um, certainly about the reason why it's, it's from about waist up rather than the, the, the full the full shot, but yeah, it's um, 
it's sorry, Clay Bank in terms of media for me. Of, um, <laughs> Fantastic. I'm sure I've talked about it before, but they're, they're the the standard bearers and what they do in terms of uh, Facebook and Twitter content for for me each week, and it's one I always look to and try and um, do as good a job as in my own job as a as a media uh, manager at, at Colwyn. So. Yeah, I mean, absolutely fair play to Clay Banger. They're doing a, a stellar job and they've got a great wee setup at crowd as well at home park. And, uh, as I say, a lot of time for those people. So, uh, yeah, great result. And uh, Peter's held one of these teams that maybe did a bit stop start as well. They're, kinda, they're one of these teams that are kind of struggling and then they get a wee draw and then they're not lost again. They thought maybe that some, the draw would be something they could build, build on from last week against the Emma from Meadow, but now they're back to. Um, getting defeats and probably a team like we talk about Derby are probably going to get relegated this season don't see much way back from from them personally next game then uh, just to quickly mention B1 Athletic 1 a draw for um, both sides I mean yeah probably expected B the way they've started to win the game but um, kind of a kind of Glen Affin the way they're playing they're not like too sure how they how they play they're a bit kind of another one of these teams that can have a bit of a stop start type um, team and lack the consistency at the moment certainly and uh, B they'll be probably disappointed to drop the drop the points there but uh, they're doing well given kind of where they're at in terms of um, new manager coming in and things so yeah fair play yeah. to those teams Just to, to comment obviously I've, you know I've been kind of uh, looking at Josh Fowler um, at Beef and I, I don't think he always starts but I, I do rate him as a you know, I was watching a few highlights and that of uh, him recently, and I, I rate the boy. So, um, I, I I do like Beef actually. I must admit, Glen Afton again, another team that's that's not doing too badly as well. There, there's so many good teams in the west of Scotland, but then you've got again. I think it's a case of like the east of Scotland where it's like well, Lithgow, then the other teams, and it's maybe getting the case in the west where it's Darvel and then the other teams. You know, with all due respect to the you know so many quality sides in the west. It's a very, very strong league, as, as I said earlier. Those teams from probably about 11th up to the first that, that, that are going to be within, within a chance of winning that league this season. And, uh, it will just depend on consistency and form, I think, over the course. And that, that squad depth is going to be massive for everyone in terms of the teams that, that will be able to, to stick with it in terms of that, that depth. So that'll be, I'm sure, important for, for everyone. Final game then in the West Scotland Premier League uh, was the game, of course, I was at. It was Laxa, so no uh, Colwyn and Rangers 2. One of those games for, for us in terms of horrible, horrible, windy day, wet conditions were minging. Astro Turf Park that was quite poor in condition-wise as well. So it wasn't going to ever, ever going to be a classic in terms of um, one for the, the neutrals to come down and watch. It was a fairly quiet um, crowd for example and the weather also put paid to that as far as we're concerned and, but from from our perspective Buff's done what we had to do got a job done, kept an our clean sheet um, got another, big, another goal from Big Della Mark and he's the guy's absolutely on fire uh, came in for a bit of had say criticism at the start of the season because he, he kind of came in with that pedigree and coming from the leagues above and he was an early, early sighting of um, David Gormley's, for example, and we didn't quite come out firing within the first few games of the season, and and kind of was a bit of kind of dissenting voices, whether that was um, from the stands or whatever else. And 
I always knew that Dylan was going to do well, and the people I'd spoken to before um, from different leagues and said that you've got yourself a great player there, and, and you exactly what we're, we're getting. For me, I expected Dylan maybe. I wasn't sure if he'd be a goal scorer, but I knew that he was going to be a guy that would work well with a guy like Thomas Collins because Thomas yep. Collins, for me, is one of the best followers we've got um, in, in the league. And we were unfortunate to lose Thomas to a, a broken wrist um, in training a, kind of right early doors just before the Davo game. And that probably affected us a little bit because we were kind of building our squad around Dylan and, and Thomas up front. And uh, yesterday was the first time that those two got to play together since injury. So done the job we've we've strengthened at the back we've had um jack mccallman come in from uh broom hill who uh looks like a great a great find in terms of the squad he's he's tall he's um wins his headers he's he's got absolute cannon of a throw in i mean yeah, I I say throwing, I... it's ridiculous <laughs> man Set, sets up the the goal um for for our first and uh shout out to referee sean murdoch who was um pedantic <laughs> enough to tell him to to take to take the bus to take the, the throw-in back about five yards or something like that, so we take a short throw-in, uh, I think Kira would take a short throw-in and the ref stopped the game so no, it's, it's back here um, five or six yards um, so we decided to change our, our setup and go right, give it to Jack, Jack will launch it in the box, Jack's launched it in the box, McDonald's jumped up, head up at the goal, so um, shout out to, to Sean for the, the sticking to the rule book there certainly, because um, that, that helped Um is get the goal and but yeah, I think as I say, we we'll we'll be fine this season. I think that'll be the that, that must be the podcast title. Something we'll be fine this season. Uh, <laughs> we'll have and, a few a few options. Be something, but uh, in terms of lags, they don't they don't look a great side if I'm being perfect because I know you're a big fan of lags, but um losing the likes of um Will Sewell so, yep. is um, a massive loss for lags for me for me and um He's hard to replace those goals fundamentally. I don't see anything from them that says that they'll have that in the um, in the locker uh, this year. Yeah, I mean it's a good result, obviously, and you know conditions change football. Uh, it doesn't really matter who you're playing. Um, but yeah, good to have Thomas back. Obviously, I like Thomas. He's been on the podcast before. I think he was. Or he was cooking or something. I can't remember what he was doing with his time during lockdown, but we were making, you know, Thomas Thomas Collins cooking podcast or something. You know? there we go. <laughs> but nah, but Thomas there, is... There's a content idea for me. I didn't know that Thomas could cook, so there maybe a wee content piece for me to do there. To um, be fair, it could have been a Deli Alley situation where he was, you know, fucking baked beans in a microwave sort of thing. I don't know. I forgot. I never asked him. I don't think he, but apparently he's, apparently he's in the he's into cooking, so but and nah, he's Thomas, a good player, obviously, we know that. Um, Jack McCallman, as you mentioned, monster throw. Uh, and Sean Murdoch, obviously, I, I tweeted at him uh, yesterday saying, hopefully, you know, he, he doesn't get any grief from your sale. But uh, it's weird, though. Uh, he's, he's probably only a, what, maybe a handful of players that have turned, former players turned into refs. Oh, is he right? I didn't know that. Yeah, okay. I sure, he used to be a, well, from my. Uh, you know, from what I know him from is obviously Dunfermline. He was a goalkeeper at Dunfermline, and um, yeah, then category three ref now. Uh, seems to sort of ref mainly sort of non-league, but also kind of higher up. I don't think he's ever had a. I think the most he's maybe had is a champ game. I don't think he's ever been like a, you know, the main man in a, a Premier League game or that. But um, 
guy, you know, wish, we wish him well, obviously, his ref career. I'm not often fond of referees uh, for, for whatever reason, but there are a couple of good guys uh, for refs, obviously, just trying to do their job as well. So, um, as yeah. long as he got his team lines in, in time, Matt, that's all I'm asking. <laughs> I heard about that. <laughs> Um, okay, moving on then. That's, that covers off the West Scotland Prem. Uh, we'll just quickly cover off uh, some of the, the games across the uh, the rest of the divisions. And one we'll, we'll cover off because uh, I guess there's been a lot of talk of Colburnie um, recently, Chris. Uh, Colburnie drew one each with uh, St. Caddox. Um, good result. Get, Good result, yeah, absolutely. In terms of football, um, 100%. And from, from what we can gather, is that the fans behaved themselves impeccably um, at the match. There's been a lot of, um, I don't know if anyone has seen the news, but when uh, Coburnie and Glasgow Persia played uh, last week, um, it must have been in the Cup, was it? Yeah, it was. Um, the Junior's uh, Cup, was it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, there was a kind of unsavoury scene, shall we say, outside the ground after the match where um, someone has been attacked, there's been a fight and someone's got attacked and been hospitalised and um, Coburnie Committee have come out and kind of um, with a statement that's, that's essentially um, put the blame on their fans, certainly, from, from what I read and uh, suggestions of things like they'll maybe have to um, shut, up, shut up shop and close the gates at Valefield if um, the the trouble continues. Um, what do you make of all, Chris? I think the crazy. I think the the statement from Kilburnie was a bit mental. Like, the, to, but it gets the point across that they are willing to just end the club because there has been a lot of trouble with Kilburnie. Um, I did hear mixed reports, obviously, of who might have started the fight. Every time, sort of Glasgow and Ayrshire, you know. I don't have to tell you that, Ben, but Glasgow and Ayrshire teams, obviously, every time they sort of face each other, there is a wee bit of a, a bite, uh, I would say. But, I mean, look, a guy's been reportedly been hit by a hammer. Um, I don't think it matters who started or any of that nonsense. I mean, it's just unacceptable that someone's went to the football and they've just got a knock in the heat and potentially, you know, away to the hospital. Yeah. Um, the I, I've not heard on the boys' condition. I mean, it... it yeah, initially, obviously, everyone's probably seen the WhatsApp messages getting fired about, you know, uh, very, very serious to begin with. Obviously, um, I heard that, you know, he might have died at that point. I mean, that's just ridiculous going to the football and uh, that happening and potentially someone dying is just crazy, crazy to think about it. So certainly, at, you know, I don't think it matters what, le- it doesn't matter what level it's at, but certainly it's crazy to think about it sort of, you know, non-league level that that's happening. It's completely unacceptable. I'm not putting all the blame on Kilburnie, but we know they have a bit of a, or certainly don't want to paint all fans of Kilburnie in this sort of light, but we, we do know they have a bit of a reputation for, uh, for um, you know, flares and trouble happening. Uh, and I think that's why the, the board came out with that statement and say, look, it has to end. Or, you know, it's not a, it's not a one-off incident, Um involving their fans where it's just that you know i think it would have been too harsh if it was one off but because it's uh the incidents over the last years obviously send rocks and another glasgow team funny enough but um yeah it's, to me it's just a very unsavory uh situation uh, and it, you've got to applaud the board guys like gordon ronnie uh, who does so much for cole burney um they're the boys i feel sorry for i think uh, that they're willing to go to the lengths of potentially shutting the football club down because of uh, fans kind of spoiling it for everyone else really 
Yeah, I think you know you know me. I've spoken about Cup only before in the past, and I'm not a massive fan of the club or the fan base. So I'm not going to come on here and just deliberately um, blast them because I don't like yeah. them. I think from from my perspective, the statement that was put out suggested that they had been. Um, put up in front of the West Scotland Disciplinary Board six times within 14 yep. months. Um, now, a lot of Kobani fans that I mentioned, I retweeted the statement the other day on Twitter and made a comment about it being a, a very strong statement and, and fair play at the club, like you said, to, to actually make a statement. But the thing that comes, comes that I always get back from Kobani fans is, um, oh, you should, there's two sides to the story. You should, um, should go and read this and you should go and read that. But... Firstly, I would like to point out that I can't find anything from Coburnley fans online that suggests um, an outside. It's all from what I can gather in Facebook groups, kind of behind closed doors that that I can't get access to. So I can't find out two sides to story. And I'm absolutely yeah. well. Any Coburnley fan that, that that represents the perhaps the the group of individuals that are involved in, in all this kind of bother. Um, certainly, if you, if you want to come and give your side of the story then I, I would happily take that from, from you because I'm going to uh, do my best to remain objective in, in, in the situation but I can't get away from the fact that, that six times in the last 14 months that you've been put up in front of disciplinary board and it, yeah. can't, be, it can't be your fault um, it, it goes back to my point though I mean just like say it was the Glasgow Perthshire fans that started there right doesn't matter and I tell you why it doesn't matter because some poor guy has been hitting the head with a hammer I mean that's. I mean it's like me and you falling out, Ben. You push me and I hit you with a hammer. I mean, what's that going? To, oh well. Yeah. Oh, he started on me. I mean, it's not really a much of a <laughs> much of a defence. You know what I mean? It's it's crazy. It's crazy. I mean, as I say, we, yeah. we're not painting all the lead side fans in the same light. It's just a. I don't. I, I don't even want to say it's small because I don't really know, but it, it does seem like it is a. You know, a, a, a minority in my opinion, but I, I don't know for. A, for a fact, if it's who it is really in terms of their, their fan base. I mean, it goes back to, I think, the situation that we mentioned, this in Rocks one, where uh, there was glass balls thrown or something like that yeah. at the game and someone got hit and uh, they got into trouble from that. And it seems to have stemmed from there because I think the club banned those individuals yeah. to come into home games and in a way to try and prevent that. But what I think tends to happen from my experience, I've only been to Coburn once um, since that happened and certainly at the the home game where we played them, uh, they, they, stood, they can stand up in the hill. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a kind of hill that, that overlooks um, the the ground, certainly, and you can watch the full match with no issues. Uh, they come with their flags, they sing their songs, they bang their drums up there and don't pay to come in and watch the games. And, um, they bring their smoke bombs and their flares and all that sort of stuff and they go to away games. And I mean, they came at Buffs Park, ready to play some at Buffs Park when they came on a Friday night with fireworks and um, smashed down some broker signs and things like that so they absolutely do I mean there's no doubt about it they come and do cause bother when they come to games and they do you don't see that from any other club I've had I've been involved in this level of football now for what three seasons um, granted some of it was Covid but when you do have fans I have never seen a better bother um, obviously I've had a situation personally at Avon Meadow yeah. which um, was a one-off and, and certainly from going to those going to that ground multiple times and, and being in the same position, for example, with the cameras and stuff like that, I've not had any bother at all at Meadow, um, apart from some good-natured banter, which is absolutely fine and um, on the line as far as I'm concerned. But some of the stuff you hear about Coburn when they go to games, I mean, 
I think they've had three games in the start of the season were behind closed doors because um, someone shot a, a linesman with a BB gun, um, by all accounts. Yeah. Um, so there's obviously an element in that group, a group of fans that, um, that, that either want to go and cause trouble or see themselves as some sort of rebel, rebel core that wants to fight and wants to kind of be that kind of hooligan um, kind of mentality of which is just not acceptable at any level of football, quite frankly. And, um, Go Burnley, obviously, the committee are at their, at their wits end away what they can do with these people and how they can resolve it. I, I personally don't really know how they resolve it. Um, the, the statement mentioned there that that they'll, they'll close the gates. Does that really happen? I'm, I'm not too sure. I'm not convinced that a club would actually go to the length of, of withdrawing from a league and folding because of... That would be because that would be unfair in a lot of the other fans. I mean, come on, they got a decent crowd uh, yeah. most weeks beyond these these people, and uh, I don't know if they need some sort of help from the police or um, support, maybe more security, that kind of stuff. I, I know that if if it was me and, and my club, that's what I'd be doing, and would be uh, making sure they've got kind of beefed up security to make sure that these people behave or um, get get dealt with quickly and, and rationally before things escalate into. The bigger problems and but yeah it's it's it's, it's sad to see and I hope the person that, that, that got injured the um the game against uh, Persia Glasgow Persia is okay and yeah. uh, we'll we'll keep an eye on it but as I said if anyone is from the that Coburnley um kind of crowd that, that wants to to give a message across and is obviously listening to this podcast um maybe what will travel that we're, we're talking about today so uh, come and come and get in our DMs and we can we can chat about it and find out what's really going on. And just uh, just a, a kind of final note on that, because I did read recently, um, I mean, we're talking about extra stewards, policing or whatever. Um, you know, their main sponsor of Kilburnie is now pulled out of the club due to due, due to this. So, I mean, you're, you're costing your own club money and potential signings and whatever else um, from this behaviour, which is never good. And, and th- this is the sort of money that, you know, clubs need. Especially at this level, I mean, we saw—I don't know—so I'll slide uh, a wee sort of segue. Um, obviously, Falkirk are begging their fans for you know half a million or whatever. Eh? So, I mean, yeah, maybe. that's an awkward one, isn't it? I, I know that from experience within Cowan Rangers that we have a, a bus foundation element of, of fans that pay money in, and you're kind of in two minds just now. While to go, kind of. Not with the begging bowl, like that's the wrong phrase, but you know, I don't really want to push that onto fans just now because of the situation we're all in in terms of kind of cost of living and energy crises and things like that. Football's at a release and you want people to be able to enjoy it, but when it becomes to a point where you can't afford it because yeah. people are, like, are going out there to, to beg, you look at Cali Braves done a good thing recently where they said that if they can get for free for the rest of the season, which is a um, you've got to commend them for, for that and allows the people to come and watch football on a Saturday for, for free and yeah it's, it's a hard one uh, for, for all clubs it's not as good let's be honest that this cost of living is going to affect everyone whether it's from a sponsorship perspective your sponsors probably maybe can't afford to spend the same kind of money that they, they were doing before because they've got their own cost increased costs and then maybe the money they spent the, the two three grand whatever it is four grand um, on sponsorship is going to go elsewhere because they've got their energy bills tripled or 
that's a plan of cost of increased things like that. So yeah, very, very hard for everyone, I think, yeah, and, and hopefully people can still enjoy the football and uh, the clubs come out of it fairly unscathed, um, I guess. Well, that's us then for uh, another edition of the official catch-up podcast. Um, if you want to get in touch with me, it's at Mr. Ben Grant on Twitter. And Chris, how do you find us um, if you're looking for the catch-up? Official catch-up on Twitter, uh, Lonely catch-up on Facebook, and pretty much everywhere else, either official catch-up, Lonely. Yeah, just everywhere. I keep saying it every, every week, but everywhere. But um, I think this is probably the... This might potentially be the longest episode we've ever done, Ben, just looking at the time in there. But yeah, so hopefully um, if you if you're at to this point and you're at the end and you've listened to the whole thing, absolutely appreciate it. We're kind of feature film level. Uh, this is what happens when we miss a week, isn't it, Ben? We get that's, the end a, that's a plenty to talk about. We've probably covered off half these topics last week. So we'll be <laughs> back, I'm sure, next Sunday. Um, my wife's away for the weekend next weekend, so I'll be here on my own. So... I'll have plenty of time to podcast and prepare and all that good stuff that you've got to do in, uh, in terms of, of podcasting. So uh, thanks for listening uh, and we'll catch you all next week. Cheers.